0: Paul, we're in your backyard. So this is the second outdoor episode that I've done. You uh, you haven't heard the episode or you weren't at the episode that Mike and I recorded a few weeks ago. But uh, we're in your backyard. We're uh, feeling a bit like we're getting through the eye of the storm, I guess, on COVID. And um, Or wait, does eye of the storm mean that you're going to have more storm ahead? Or is, is
1: eye of the storm a good thing? Uh, I think- think i i don't know that's a great question i think no i i light the at storm, the end of the tunnel light at better. the end of the tunnel yes because eye of the storm means that you you have a temporary reprieve yeah but you are in the middle of of the worst of it so okay i right. really hope that we are not in that situation with COVID. God, yeah
0: that's right they say eye yeah. of the
1: storm when it's when you think you're going,
0: getting yeah, through it yeah, and then yeah. you've Let, got be more to very,
1: Let's try to be positive here.
0: Okay. And <laughs> we said this was going to be a COVID-free episode. So officially, yeah. that's the last time we're going to mention COVID. Exactly.
1: Yeah. We, well, There's You're a- right. This is, well, it's a first for me being out here, first of all, in my backyard, which is pretty cool in itself. And for us to be doing this face-to-face. Uh, right. We've been doing these podcasts now for over a year now. And this is
0: our first face-to-face UI. Yeah, this is
1: a, a face-to-face a face podcast. Uh, this is live. Anything can happen in a live performance, right? <laughs> so if you hear like screaming kids or uh, animals or, or cars in the background, birds, you, I hear think some you can birds. hear chirping birds, wind. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we don't get anything weird going on. Well, you but never know when that's cool. live
0: radio that happens to be recorded. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right. We have a few topics. We want to talk today about asking for a father's blessing. This is a tradition for marriage. This is a tradition that has been around for a long time um, where the, the husband-to-be goes and visits the wife-to-be's parent, father and asks for you know, the blessing of, you know, the fact that the the guy is going to marry his daughter and he wants to get his father's, her father's blessing. Is this a outdated tradition? Is this, some might go so far as to say it's sexist and chauvinist. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about homeless, the homeless and whether or not we've engaged before with homeless people, and I mean, what I mean by that is, it's very common that we'll see homeless people, and it's easy to just, you know, assume things and keep walking by. And I'm, I want to just, I'll share an experience I had today with a homeless person. Then we're going to share some uh, updated "Who Cares" news, which we both have a couple we're gonna we're gonna put out, and then I think we're just gonna see how it goes. I don't think this is gonna be a long episode.
1: Yeah, I think this is just uh, a good conversational episode. Uh, as mentioned, yeah, we're we're live here. We have beer in hand. We I should, do. I should point that out: is that we we have we have our beer, and uh, yeah, we should take an, uh, a photo.
0: Oh yeah, so this episode is yeah. brought to us, brought to you by Amsterdam Blonde Lager. Yeah, Amsterdam Lager, established in 1986, brewed fresh daily using natural ingredients for a clean, crisp taste with a smooth, mellow finish. Amsterdam
1: Blonde Lager. No, but it's nice to be here. Uh, it's kind of a more laid-back episode. It feels different. Yeah, this is cool. This because is there's really no cool.
0: Zoom and all that technological stuff, so yeah, it's a little easier yeah, to exactly. just kind of lay it back. Yeah, all right, but good. let's not be boring, though, right? No, for sure. Don't, yeah. we can't rest on our laurels. No, no. We've got to keep our fans happy, right? All right, I'm going to kick it right off with the with the wedding, the asking for the father's hand in marriage. I explained at the top there, you know what the tradition is. Let me ask you: Did you? You're married, or both married. Did you ask for your wife's uh, hand in marriage, like for your for your father in law? Did you go beforehand and ask for his blessing?
1: Uh, the answer, the quick answer to that is is no. I I didn't. Um, you know, it's interesting that you. I guess, propose this topic. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Why is it interesting? I, because it's come up it's, recently? Or or you've been, it's, you've it's been thinking about it? It's made me think about, about my or? own experiences. And uh, my wife has often asked me in the past, how come you didn't ask my dad Ooh. for my hand in marriage? And my answer to that is, I don't know. I I don't really know why I didn't. Ask him if I could have his daughter's hand in marriage. Well, not, did that, you, not that did I you was think concerned. Of it, though? Or you just? No, didn't... I didn't. I didn't. Didn't really occur to me. Okay. Um, so the why you didn't could just be that you f- you didn't think of it. I just didn't really think of it. I guess I I knew of the tradition. You didn't watch and... enough Little House in the Prairie yeah. episodes, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't get too caught up in a lot of traditions. Um I'm gonna challenge you on that. N- well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Christmas lights?
0: Five, five yeah, houses no, in a row uh, didn't yeah, have Christmas yeah, lights.
1: No, that's true, yeah. So what I meant to say is that yes, there are certain traditions out there that yes, some I follow, but this others not so you, much.
0: You went on in that Christmas episode about how much of a traditionalist you were.
1: So but, maybe at right, Christmas. time. You, right, you've caught me. Yeah, maybe uh, at Christmas time, but um, right. Tr- yeah, when it, comes is a to, sacred time. when it comes to proposals, hopefully it's only once in my life that I have to do that. Yeah, no do-overs,
0: yeah, hopefully. Yeah, no here. do-overs, yeah, yeah. All right, so tell me, so um, your wife's
1: actually raised this issue? No, she has, yeah. She she actually did ask, she has asked me that question a couple of times. How can you never ask my, my dad's hand? Is that for, why when I said maybe
0: we can bring bring your wife on, you sort of got a little squirmy? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, if I see her, I might invite yeah. her on.
1: But I don't know why I, I didn't ask. And I'm racking my brains. And it was a long time ago. We're talking well over but 15 if you weren't, years Paul, ago.
0: Paul, if you weren't aware of it, then that would be a very easy reason to know uh, why. Yeah,
1: and, and I guess that would be my defense, I suppose, is the fact that to me, it didn't really, I didn't think it was that big of a deal in uh, my wife's eyes. I guess it, it was. I think she probably would have liked me to have asked him mm. for the hand in marriage. Not that I ever worried that he would say no. <laughs> but to some people, yeah, I guess that is a nice tradition that that they honor. Um, it's, However, it's one of those things where you don't want to overthink it too much. And you, you've mentioned in your introduction there that there are some people that view it as as an outdated uh, chauvinist uh, tradition. Mm-hmm. I do don't really view it that way. My I, I guess my feelings on it is that it's I would be indifferent on it. If I had a daughter, my question would be to myself, would I want my future son-in-law asking me if he could marry my daughter? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure if I would want that or not. Or if, if I would place a lot of importance. Probably not. Is it would it be nice if somebody did ask? I suppose so.
0: Well, I think it's important to discern between permission versus blessing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Because so, I think the one when people get upset about this, yeah, it's usually because it's seen as a permission thing. Like, yeah, my my father doesn't own me. There's no permission involved.
1: Yeah, because ultimately, even if the father says no, it shouldn't affect your decision to want to marry may affect your your, marriage. Yeah, it could affect your marriage, depending on what kind of family dynamics are going on there. But it's hard for me to answer that question, because I don't have a daughter, whereas you do. So then I'm going to flip this question back to you. With your daughter in X number of years down the road, when she one day gets married, would you want her partner to ask... Ask for your permission or ask for your blessing. Like, what do you think on this? Well, I would say that
0: I would think that would be a very cool gesture. That if it's seen as almost like a heads up, and and a, and yeah, a blessing. I, I, I'm a bit of a traditionalist in some areas, and this is one like from my personal experience. I did ask for my. Uh, I went to my father-in-law and set up a, we went for lunch and I called him and I'm going to get back to your, the daughter thing in a sec, but just my personal experience with this was I was at work. I think we were about two weeks away from taking our trip. That was going to be the trip that we were, I was going to propose. So time was ticking. I had a few chances where I was going to mention it. I was, he was barbecuing in the back and he was by himself and I was Looked out and I saw him, and I thought, "Oh, maybe I should go out there and do it now." And then I chickened out, and then I left at the last minute, so I ended up calling him from work and saying, "Can we meet tomorrow for lunch?" And I almost sensed a hesitation in his voice as though he sort of knew what it might be about. Was he suspicious, do you think? Well, I think he knew what it was that, that what he knew where it was going, so I mm-hmm. took him out to uh to lunch, and yeah, I told him. I just said, uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm very much in love with your daughter and I'm planning to propose. And he said, well, that's, I don't even remember. You know what? A lot of it's almost like a blur that I remember the restaurant and that's all. Like I remember where we went, but I don't remember what he said other than that. I know he said yes. So it was a bit of a blur when I look back on it.
1: So you did get the blessing. So that's, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: that's that's another thing, too. What if you don't get the blessing?
1: Yeah, that would be unusual. And However, it depends on the family dynamic. Uh, some families obviously can be very complicated. Uh, depends on if there's a, a strained relationship. I think if you had a strained relationship with your future in-laws, you probably wouldn't be asking for their blessing. Mm-hmm. You just do what you need to do what you want to do. Or if she has a strange relationship with her parents. Well, that's the other thing too. If, if, if your future bride is not close to her father or does not have that kind of relationship with her dad, um, then no, I think it would sort of be a, a moot point to be asking because it really doesn't matter. I think in my wife's case it did matter because she was very close to her dad. Um, so I think in her mind she would have appreciated me asking him so if I could turn back the clock, if I could change that, I would obviously have asked because I think that would have been a, a nice gesture. But at the time, I just didn't think about it. Simple as that. I, I guess that's really my my only defense I have to say about that. And unfortunately, that's what's done is done.
0: Do you think this is going to come up again between you and your wife or does she? Well, after she
1: hears this podcast, it certainly will. Well, there you go,
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever talked to – did you ever talk to him about it after? Like say, you know, I didn't ask you or I didn't – like did that ever come up with him I after? don't know. I, I don't remember. Did I, he ever come to you and say, hey, no, look, I don't you know, think I'm not so. really for this and I really wish you'd ask me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's none of that. No, I, I know he, he approved. But no, I don't remember. I don't think it was discussed. It, it may have been, but it, it, it was – quite a while ago that I, I would forget what the details of the conversation was, but Mm. yeah, I've been married over 15 years now. So we're talking about 17 years ago, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, proposing. It's a cool time in your life. And when I proposed to my wife, I did it when we were on vacation down in Florida and yeah, you, you worry and you want to make sure everything is right. And the timing is perfect. You you want to do it somewhere unique or, or different, somewhere memorable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, proposing it's it's a cool thing. When I when I
0: proposed to my wife, we we went to Europe. We went to the Czech Republic and to Vienna. And I think it was a ten day trip. And I remember for the first, I think we were in Prague for the first six days, and then Vienna for the last four. And I spent the first six days just constantly scouting locations like, Hmm. and I had the ring with me everywhere we went because I was worried that we would find or stumble across the perfect place. And if I didn't have the ring with me, what would I, what was I going to do? So what ended up happening was the last day we were in Prague, we ended up going up to Prague castle, which has this beautiful view. It's a beautiful castle, but it overlooks the entire city. And, I didn't bring the ring with me of that one day. And I said, this is the place and we have to come back here. Now it was the last day of the trip. So I had to figure out some way to get us back to, because, you know, why come back? You've already been here. So what I said was, wouldn't this be beautiful at night to see it? So we went on a a river cruise and then I said, hey, let's go back up to Prague Castle and see what the view of the city looks like at night. So, fortunately, I had the ring with me when we came back, and that's that's where I did it.
1: Hmm. You had to wait till the very last day of the trip then, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, then I started saying, well, you know what, maybe I'll wait till Vienna. And then, <laughs> but the thing is, is that Prague is where my mother is from, or she's from the Czech Republic. So, there was also a bit of a connection for that, that I wanted to tie it in with the family history, that this was my mother's home country, and... And I'll share one more thing about this is that when we got back to the... So, my mother came with us on this trip. It was the three of us. We were in like a two-bedroom flat. And when we got back, we shared the news with her. And I still remember what my mother said. She smiled and she's like, you know, Clark, I never thought you were the marrying kind. <laughs> or no, she said, I was I was a little bit worried that maybe you weren't the marrying kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she was pretty happy about that but uh yeah and then back to my daughter i think it would be to me it would be a nice gesture i think it just tees up the relationship with with the f- future son-in-law and the father that it just it's a nice gesture now if you already have a really solid relationship and it's pretty close maybe it's not the maybe you don't need it but i think it just tees it up and it's not to me about permission at all it's about it's a blessing more than anything, and a bit of a heads up. And I, I'll, you know, one other thing is, some might say, "Well, why are you asking the father? Why don't you ask both parents for permission or blessing?" Pardon me.
1: And I think that's a fairly good point. Now, that's a good question, especially. Well, it, it, again, it depends on the type of relationship that uh, that the that your fiance has with her parents. She may not be have a close relationship with her with her father in which case it really doesn't matter or doesn't have as much significance but if she is very close to her mother then perhaps the mother is the person that you should be asking or or at least having that conversation with um so yeah it is a very maybe a little bit of an outdated tradition to say oh you have to ask the father's permission for the hand in marriage um yeah, the, to use the word permission, I think is is not the right word. That in itself would be very outdated to quote unquote ask permission.
0: And going back, that could be up to do things like the dowries and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and or, I'm sure there is. Where there actually is, there's money involved in yeah, transactions? So yeah. It was actually in the old days. It, a lot of it was just about pomp and ceremony and about mm-hmm. about money, not so much about like love. So
1: yeah for sure it wasn't well yeah we could be this is a whole different topic in itself in terms of the the historical meanings of marriage these days people obviously marry the person that they love and they marry because most of the time well most of the time they, they marry who they want to marry but and yeah, that will m- vary m- on culture too yes very very much so but 100 years ago you very much married amongst your your class structure Uh, Amongst certain families uh, there was a point where yeah you probably did literally have to ask permission to to marry into a particular family this episode is brought
0: to you by pace painting pace painting serving all your painting needs whether commercial or residential reach pace painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their facebook page pace painting inc or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. Okay, I want to share a story that happened to me today. I went to, I met with a friend of mine, a running, a running pal. And we met near his office and we went for a coffee and took the coffees out to go. And there was a homeless person who was lying on the, in front of one of the storefronts. And, you know, I started meandering to kind of go kind of cross the street to avoid this guy. And the friend I was with, he said, oh, hey, Wayne, how's it going? And I was a bit taken aback, like, oh, you know this guy? And they proceeded to have a conversation for a couple minutes. And he was actually a pretty articulate guy. Like, um, you could tell he was... You know, I guess like he looked like he was not in—he was in a kind of rough shape. Like he, he looked like someone that had been on the street for a while. Um, he had no shoes on. His shoes were actually off to the side. And my friend had a conversation with him about about shoes and buying shoes and about where he was going to stay. I think the the guy asked him about whether he had found him a place to live or something like that. And I think what it was is my friend, Marcelo, he's very close to the church. And I think that churches often will try to find homes for people. So I think there was something there, but the reason I bring this up, first of all, what's your reaction when you see a homeless person? Like, do you cross the street or have you ever engaged in a conversation with a homeless person? And what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because the short response to that is my reaction would likely be the same as you. Where I would, my natural instinct would be probably to try to avoid that person, Um, you know, by way of either avoiding eye contact or maybe crossing the street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes to homeless people, yeah, we probably do... Jump to conclusions very quickly. We probably judge them probably much harsher than what we should. Um, You know, like we think, you know, are they, maybe they're lazy? We automatically, yeah, think that they're a bunch of bums or they're dangerous or. Yeah, they're they on drugs or something. Their, yeah, It's their choice. There's a lot of, obviously, negative connotations surrounding homeless people, and I will admit I am very guilty of, of feeding into those stereotypes. Um, if I see a homeless people, a homeless person, no, I don't interact with them, and usually I'll just kind of walk past. And part of that, I suppose, is because i used to work downtown toronto and i did so for well over 10 years certain parts of toronto um you know depending where my office was um, actually my the job that i had prior to the one that 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 i hold now um the the location of the office was in kind of a i wouldn't say a rough area but yeah i guess so i guess you could say kind of a, a sketchier part of toronto was um uh, yeah, just trying to think of the intersection. Yeah, like Dundas and Mutual Street area. It, it was a part of Toronto where there's a lot of homelessness. Yes, and that is that Parkdale? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. E- either way, it's it's a part of Toronto where, yes, there is a lot of homelessness. And there's a lot of people that have mental health issues. So, therefore, yes, there are some, obviously, some dangerous people out there. And I suppose that my view or, um, my, yeah, I guess my, my overall opinion of, of homelessness has been probably shaped by the fact that I have worked downtown for many years and have witnessed a lot of homeless people in and around the city and, and obviously being in, in certain parts of the city where there's a, a higher percentage of, of homeless people and, in they're much more prevalent, um, it just has created sort of a, i guess a, a negative image or a negative idea in my mind as to how i would view a homeless person for me to go up to a homeless person and engage them and say hey how you doing that would definitely i'll admit that would be out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, so for your i can understand your reaction when you saw when you saw your your friend interact with a homeless person you're like huh? what's going on here I was actually impressed. I yeah, I I, 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 am I really as well. respect yeah. him and for that. It's it you know, it takes a bit of courage to, to go up to a homeless person and say, Hey, how's it going? or or just to have a conversation. And you're right, maybe that's something we should be doing. Maybe it would allow us to understand their situation a little bit more and to not be so quick to, to judge people on their appearances or or their predicament because we don't know the story behind these people. There is obviously, yes, a large number of homeless people that are there because of mental health issues or, or substance abuse. But ultimately, there are probably a lot of good people out there on the streets that are just hit rock bottom or just had a had a lot of bad luck, whatever it might be. But you could I'm, have I'm that sure. for
0: substance abuse too, though.
1: No, I, exactly. And just because people are substance abusers doesn't mean they're bad people. They just mean that they have an illness that has unfortunately sort of overtaken their life um, and has prevented them from being able to hold down a job or have a family, whatever it might be. Anyway, that that's a whole different topic in itself. But, yeah, the point being is that, as I said, we are quick to judge homeless people.
0: So Wayne, the, the homeless guy from today, a bit of the background on him was apparently he was a lawyer and he had a a wife who passed away from an illness quite a number of years ago. Apparently he's been homeless for 30 years, this guy. And he also had a child pass away. So he went through some really tough times. And some of the things that Marcelo told me was that he he will always take his shoes off and place them off to the side wherever he sits. So there's something there about that. Marcelo bought him a slice of pizza once and he gave it to him and the guy said Wayne said to him this is going to seem really weird but i have to do this before i can eat it he threw the pizza on the ground and then he picked it up and ate it okay that's weird so f- maybe for whatever reason he felt maybe he wasn't worthy of eating yeah. a pizza that hadn't been you know found somewhere you know so we don't know what that's all about but i i thought there's obviously a lot going on there and I think that it's the whole human compassion thing right and I think how we grow up I grew up in a pretty you know middle class upper middle class family but my father came from nothing like his, his father died at a young age and all of his siblings supported his mother he came from a family of six, seven children and my father when we were growing up would always use that as kind of he wasn't a big fan of the the homeless and the begging situation so he would say things to me like you know there was never a homeless problem before food banks like as though these support systems suddenly enabled people and made them decide to become homeless or not work and so i grew up with a lot of that kind of that thinking going on and it was hard to argue with my dad because he was um he did come from nothing and made his own way in life he never got handouts from anybody however he still had a loving family and support structure like that in a way he was one of the luckiest people out there because he had siblings and his mother that it was a strong family they just didn't have a lot of money so It's just interesting how these things shape our opinions.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to the homeless issue, and again, this is a topic that we can debate for a while, and this could be a a topic that we could pursue in more detail. All of our topics are
0: topics within topics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But with everything going on with COVID, and I said we weren't going to discuss COVID, but here we go. (laughs) Um, Yes, there is obviously a more visible presence of homeless people in the city, for sure. I haven't spent I haven't much been down there, is there? There is, yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time in Toronto ever since the pandemic, but the times that I have spent or driving through the city on my way to, to client meetings or whatever, in a lot of the public parks there is now homeless camp establishments. And it's becoming a, a bit of a problem uh, in the sense that uh, a lot of community parkland has been taken up by homeless encampments.
0: Well, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah,
1: and we we have sort of touched on this topic in in prior episodes, and and it begs the question about the whole, you know, drug use, and, and does it promote crime? Does it create unsafe areas where people with families don't feel safe going to public parks? And again, we don't want to try to jump into that situation or that topic In in this particular discussion. However, yeah, I guess what we're trying to say here is that every homeless person has a story and and one has to be compassionate uh, to what they have gone through. But ultimately, yes, there is a lot of negative opinions about homeless people because of the fact that I guess we are seeing these. Um, homeless encampments people associate them with high crime areas sometimes know, homeless people can be very aggressive yeah well in in yeah certain parts of Toronto there is a lot of I start screaming homeless people, at people that are not sure what's
0: going on yeah
1: mentally unstable and and I guess that is the reason why a lot of people steer clear of homeless people cuz you don't know what you're going to get you could get you know a sweet gentle kind person that is just being unfortunate hard on their luck and, and they find themselves on the streets. Or you could find someone who's very mentally unstable and they are very dangerous people. And there's a reason why they are living on the streets is because they can't assimilate within, you know, uh, I guess society in, in general. So, yeah, this is so many different angles and, and so many different ways to look at this. And, and I suppose on our end, we should maybe research this a little bit more as to... Know, if you want to pursue this whole homelessness uh topic in in further detail but
0: maybe we go and find wayne and see if he'd be willing to share some of his yeah that would be that would be interesting just we to, do say to that we're going to gonna,
1: <laughs> f- we're going to follow
0: up and interview all these people and we never do yeah but maybe yeah maybe wayne yeah. is somebody that uh he sounded like a pretty articulate guy i have mm-hmm. to say and if he he uh, was agreeable to talking. Then maybe he would be someone we could could talk to. So I mm-hmm. mean, some of the takeaways I get from this are, you know, the it's easy to make assumptions about people. It's easy to jump to conclusions, and quite often, quite often, at the heart of this is mental illness, mm-hmm. and that's something that fortunately has been getting a lot more airplay lately. That mental health and and the challenges that that befall people are ones that we need to treat people with compassion and i think this is a great example of that and who knows the kind of interesting stories that you will learn about a person by just simply saying hi and maybe even getting to know them a little bit all right i saw on the list there you had tipping down we were going to talk about tipping do we have time for that
1: yeah i think so we can talk,
0: touch on this okay so tipping what's what's the reason you want to bring tipping to the top table today
1: well, the reason why I wanted to bring out tipping is because... You're answering that
0: like a like an elementary... <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Wilson, yeah. the reason why... Okay, so why are you bringing tipping well, to the table? Well, it's
1: because a couple of weeks ago, I was in a Subway restaurant. Just a fast food restaurant, just getting my sandwich. And I went to pay with my debit card. And on the, the debit register machine, it provided an option for tip which I thought was very unusual. Mm. I've never seen that before for a fast food restaurant. I've seen that before. And the tipping options were 15%, 18%, 21%. I'm thinking, first of all... Was zero an option? Yeah. And first of all, since when are we supposed to tip for a fast food service? And secondly, why am I tipping 18%? Why is this even an option? Mm. I, I, In my... Humble opinion, I think it's getting a bit ridiculous in terms of the expectations that are placed on tipping. So I let me just begin by saying I'm not a cheap person. I absolutely tip whenever I go to a restaurant. I always tip 15% because I realize that servers do get paid less money, uh, and they, they truly do deserve and rely in, in on those In Canada and the America. United
0: States they do, but in parts of Europe... Mm-hmm. they're paid actually much better, but they're not usually tipped. Yeah, Like in Asia, for example, there's
1: no tipping. Mm-hmm.
0: In Japan, if you left a tip, they'd be chasing after you to give you your money back.
1: Yeah, and I recall you telling me that. And I wonder, what is the best system? Is it better to pay a little bit more and have that included within the price? Or should it be our discretion to, be to choose if we tip or not? I'd say... 99 percent of the time when i go to a restaurant i get i get good to excellent service Mm -hmm. but once in a while you do get lousy service Mm -hmm. i have been to some restaurants where you get a terrible waiter or waitress and there there has been a rare occasion when i have refused to tip because i thought this person was absolutely terrible Mm -hmm. and yeah i should have that Decision of that right to be able to say no, you don't deserve a tip. I'm not going to provide. So you would leave
0: zero if you were really, really upset.
1: Absolutely. If if someone, yeah, I can think of one incident a couple years ago where a waiter was just absolutely terrible. He was slow with service, very unattentive. He was talking to his friends most of the time. Mm. You had to literally chase him down. It just absolutely terrible, terrible service. And I I made a point of having no tip whatsoever. I refused to tip. And I even talked, to, I even called the manager over Say we. I'm not, I said to the manager this, I've, we've received terrible, terrible service.
0: Well, I think that's good that you did that.
1: Well, yeah, you have to call it out. Otherwise, if you don't say anything or yeah. just say, oh, well, just give him his 10% or 15%, then he'll carry on thinking that what he's done is, is perfectly fine.
0: Now, now, granted, I worked in a restaurant. So in a lot of cases, some of the things that happen in a restaurant are out of the waiter's control or the server's control. You know, like food delays and things well,
1: I, I know and i but don't, the, the, I, don't the friend I don't talking thing yeah i don't thing, like, yeah, that's i don't I don't, I don't blame a waiter for the food that that's not their that's not their fault that's I don't blame them for anything that goes wrong in the kitchen, but when a server is deliberate- delib- sorry deliberately unattentive, you know is distracted by talking to their their buddies who are sitting at the table over next to you, someone that just doesn't really care. Mm. Then that's very prevalent, or if they have a bad attitude. But as I said, that is very rare. Um, 90, yeah, 99% of the time when you go to a restaurant, you're going to get good service. At least I found in, in my, in my experiences here in, in Canada and, the, and in the US. But anyway, just sort of going back to the original intent of, of the topic was the fact that, yeah, I just find that when it comes to, certain services like you, you see tipping encroaching more and more and it's very much a north american thing where you know you go to a bar or like a, a sporting event and you order a couple of beers you it's sort of expected that you would tip for a mm-hmm. beer yeah. but if you go to the fast food counter and get a popcorn and a soda you're not going to necessarily you're, you're not really going to tip for that mm-hmm. at least i don't usually but what's the difference? Well, yeah, exactly. What is the difference? What? Why is certain things you are expected to tip, whereas other things you're not? Right. And I just find that the things that tipping is encroaching more and more upon all sorts of different things. So, where but wait. Based you, on
0: what you just said, if if it's seemingly, you know, mostly applied to alcohol-based transactions, um, then in a way, it sounds like you're actually. On one hand, promoting that it should be included for non-alcohol transactions, but at the same time, you're complaining because it's starting to bleed into other areas like the subway you went into.
1: Yeah. So what I'm saying is that we shouldn't necessarily have to keep, we shouldn't have to tip when it comes to, to fast food outlets. And... But quite, why should we frankly for even for alcohol why should we tip how is serving a beer any different from giving me a can of Coke I agree yeah so but I guess we all kind of feed into the expectation that oh if someone served me a beer I guess we'll tip him some money but yeah you're right when we think about it we really shouldn't have to tip when it comes to serving alcohol well
0: this is why I liked it in Asia because I, when I was in Singapore I remember we we pulled into the hotel uh, it was an offsite we were in Singapore and We, um, dropped the, like when I got out of the taxi, I had my bag and the bell bellman or whatever you call them runs up and he says, Oh, sir, let me take that for you. Well, in North America, you're, you're taught to tell those people no, right? Because what it meant was they would take it up to your room for you and you had to pay them five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever as a tip. But in, in Singapore or in other parts of Asia, like Japan, tipping is not part of the culture so what it made me feel like this guy's actually asking t- to take my bag because he wants to provide a service of which he's not expecting some compensation for mm. he's getting that compensation through um his place of employment mm-hmm. what i've seen in hotels say in new york city is they have these sometimes fairly aggressive valets or bellmen that stand outside the hotels that are pretty much working on tips like the the staff the hotel has just said yeah you work here they probably pay them dirt wages or hardly anything and all the money they make is going to be on tips so what that does is foster an environment of if they for instance, if they assess somebody as maybe they're not going to get a tip from them or if they've done something and they didn't get tipped, they're just going to not ask them again. They'll see them maybe throughout the duration of the stay and ignore them. Meanwhile, you've paid to be at that hotel and now you're not getting any help hailing your cab or grabbing your bag and lifting it out and putting your luggage in your taxi. So the ta- the whole tipping culture has created almost a problem because a lot of people are depending on their only way of getting income is from the tips. Then it's, it's almost like a, what's the word for it? It, it It's a bit of a, it's kind of like a, a trap in a sense that it, if you're not, they're not going to get a tip, they're no longer going to provide the service that they're there to provide. So then they become almost like a bad thing at the hotel.
1: I would tend to agree that the, the Asian way that you experienced where everything is included, I think that would be the better way, in my opinion. Yeah. So that there's no expectations. There's no awkwardness as well. Um, I think the fact that most people would be more genuine in their acts.
0: Well, I would, that's I what would it figure. was. This yeah, guy in like Singapore, that was a genuine act. Yeah. When he he has he's to there take to, my bags.
1: to serve you. He takes pride in his job. Yeah. And that's a nice thing to see. Whereas you're right, if you are in. New York city or whatever city it might be. And someone is trying to suck up to you to get a big tip. Then. Yeah. You, you, you can sort of see through that and see that they're not being genuine, that they are expecting to, to receive a tip. And if they don't get a tip, then they're going to lose interest in you pretty fast. And that sort of comes back to what we kind of talked about previously about making assumptions of people. Let's say if you're wearing sloppy clothes or whatever, if, Uh, a a bellman or whoever it might be might make that assumption that oh this guy's not really probably worth spending much time on because Mm -hmm. yeah i'm probably not going to get a big tip out of him well these days geez you don't know who makes what kind of money sure you could be a millionaire and you're just wearing like you know cargo shorts and a t-shirt but You know, if you don't look the part, then someone may not spend that much time on you or or pass judgment thinking that that you're not worthy of of their time because of what you may or may not represent in terms of, of a tip.
0: So I have a friend of mine who is a notorious tipper, American friend, and this guy I've watched tip everybody from the person that helped him load the furniture into his car at the furniture store to an usher at a Broadway show who took us to our seats and he handed them like a $5 bill for
1: taking us to the seats. Hmm. And I thought that was a little bit odd. Yeah, I mentioned before, there's a, a level of awkwardness and the, the is there an expectation or you're right, is there an, is there, are there times when tipping is overboard or to the point where because it becomes too much of a thing where someone might be showing off. Is it a power play? It could be, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Big Shot handing out the mm-hmm. handing out the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, or buying somebody's respect. Is it for show? Respect yeah. Or buying, buying somebody's, s-
0: somebody's service. So I'll give you th- another example. Same friend. We went to Beijing together. And the first night we were there, he, he always makes a point of getting to know the concierge. And what he does is on the first night, he'll drop like a $50 tip to the concierge and say, "Uh, what's your name, sir? Uh, It's Samuel. Samuel. Samuel, uh, we're going to be here for a couple nights. You're going to be able to take care of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then he would pass him the 50. And normally you tip when you leave. So, the impression was there's more where this came from. Hmm. So, that night we saw him and we asked, we, we saw the concierge and we asked for a dinner recommendation for, for um, the restaurant, a restaurant nearby. So, he gave us one and we went and it was actually not very good. And then when we came back that night, the, he wasn't there. And so, we asked the front desk, we said, is Samuel around? And they said, Samuel's off until next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Samuel was gone. Like, mm-hmm. he gave him $50 and that was the end of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> So Samuel enjoyed his time off then, huh? That's right. Probably, probably left the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. That's a classic example where, yeah, if you're quick to, to bring out the, the dollars to try to curry favor with someone, then, you know, does it really get you anywhere?
0: Well, and I had a, my, when I was in Europe once in Prague, actually, this was the first time I went to Prague, my mother would tip all the waiters and the taxis and everything. And my uncle who was from there, he said, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to make, then they're going to expect to get tipped all the time. And I've heard that actually, that Europeans actually get angry that tourists tip because suddenly now it's created an expectation of tipping in the European culture. So that's starting to become a lot more prevalent now is, is that there's an expectation of tipping in a culture where it didn't already exist. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, I go back to what you said about the alcohol. Why does someone, you know, cranking cracking open a beer, you know, p- putting it down, suddenly I should be giving him 50 cents more because he did that or a dollar more? Yeah. What about the guy that gets a coffee, makes me my barista, my cappuccino? Mm-hmm. I I've tipped at Starbucks before. I see the little thing, I'll throw in 50 cents or a dollar or
1: something mm-hmm. like that. So I have tipped. Um, but it's weird you, you mentioned about tipping at starbucks so there's maybe an expectation that okay some people may tip at starbucks but you don't see anybody tipping at a tim hortons or something like or that mcdonald's you would never a... tip at a mcdonald's so yeah. why am i tipping at subway well, why are certain places now jumping on the bandwagon where people should be tipping and yeah. I, I think people do tip a bit more tip more frequently than what they probably should and it also comes down to, you know, with everything going on with, with COVID, people have been eating takeout food more often. Mm. So in my experience, when I pick up takeout food, I typically don't tip because it's takeout. When you pick I'm, it up? I'm picking it up. If they deliver it, do you tip the delivery? Yeah, man? I will tip a delivery or guy a for sure. Yeah, I will definitely tip, you know, whether it's... But a pickup for takeout.
0: Now, that's actually another point is that... Uh, we had a place up the street i've only seen this i haven't noticed this before but have you heard of it where they're they'll add like a hospitality charge which is supposed to be like a covid relief sort of thing um like help help those in the hospitality industry who are suffering by taking paying an extra 15 to, percent to to support the hospitality industry have you seen that on any bills i haven't
1: no no yeah but if there is, it sh- that should be optional.
0: Well, and that's the thing. This yeah. particular establishment didn't tell you about it until mm. you looked down at the bill and said, oh, what's this? And he explained it. And I'm like, hmm, well, yeah. I'm not going to tell him to take it back, but this kind of pisses me off a yeah. little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so we finish off on our celebrity who yeah, cares. Yeah, that. Okay. I've got a couple, and you've got a couple.
1: Yeah, I like this topic because... As our listeners know, we, <clears throat> for the longest time we talked about weird news stories, which is great. But, yeah, I, I get a kick out of going on certain websites. Uh, Yahoo is a website that's terrible for just useless, ridiculous headlines of... of um, news that really is so insignificant yeah i'll 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 share one right here ariana grande just shared a rare glimpse of her natural hair without extensions like again why repeat that again ariana grande just shared a rare glimpse of her natural hair without extensions that is that is definitely newsworthy maybe if 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 you're an ariana grande fan you might have Isn't it Ariana? Ariana, I don't care. I might have an interest in what her hair looks like, but I can assure you. Without extensions. Yeah, without extensions, Mm. but I can assure you that 99% of the population do not care. Doesn't care, right. Yeah. Uh, Kim Kardashian has failed her log exam a second time (laughs) and just got the results on camera.
0: Got the results on camera? What does that mean? Well, okay, well, let's... She's looking. Okay, yeah, yeah, so the, she's I in a should point out
1: that that the photo is her on a bikini in a bikini, in, in a yeah. bikini top. So maybe that's why there is interest in this particular photo. Yeah. I'm sure nobody cares about what the law exam results so are. So she's
0: trying to get her law law
1: degree. Yeah, mm. but again, why is this news? Now, is that it
0: the law degree, or is she trying to pass the bar,
1: or what's the? I don't know, and I don't really care. Again, why is this news? Why do I care about? It? But that's Kim the thing, Kardashian we've talked about this. People
0: do care about this, because why would they make these articles if people didn't care? We don't care. Yeah. Our listeners don't care.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> right, you got any more? Uh, <clears throat> okay, well, Mike and Karen Pence just bought a $1.9 million home in a ritzy Indiana neighborhood. Mm. Good for them, but why do I care? Yeah,
0: and it's, you know, these yeah. topics amid what's going on, like, do we need to hear about this? Is yeah. this what people want to have this rubbed in their faces?
1: Well, and the other thing, too, is that, and I think we talked about this before, with a lot of these headlines involved the royal family, especially the whole Harry and Meghan saga. And Harry and Meghan introduced the Queen to Baby Lily over a video call. That's news? Yeah, again, why is this news? Why do we, why is this why do we care? It's a family issue. Again, why do we care about this? Oh, here's a good one. Jennifer
0: Lopez and Ben Affleck are cuddling up at an amazing $19 million. I don't know if it's the house or if it's a resort. The, the headline's cut off here. I don't have the full headline. But again, okay, they're in an amazing $19 million home or resort. Do we really need this? People going through tough times right now and they... I don't know. Maybe they get some kind of like solace out of reading of these types of stories where people are happy. Um, Yeah. uh, Pregnant Sean Johnson shares sweet maternity shoot with daughter. Do you know who Sean Johnson is? Isn't she a gymnast? Oh, maybe. Yeah. You always know these things. I I don't know know some
1: of this useless information, Um, but I don't care about... Sean Johnson in her photos.
0: Daisy Fuentes, Richard Marks sell in Malibu Buy 9 million dollar Hidden Hills mansion.
1: Hmm. Who fucking cares? Gwen Stefani is feeling loved as she celebrates bridal shower with family. No. <laughs> Why do we care? Like it really is incredible the amount of useless information that is is posted on some of these websites. But it's obviously there for a reason because people click on it, and I guess we're all kind of guilty of clicking on some stuff where there's a, a guilty pleasure or whatever.
0: Ben Affleck shares Mother's Day tribute for Jennifer Garner. Um, got any more? Oh, yeah. oh, I think we did this one before. Princess Charlotte is dad Prince William's look-alike in new sixth birthday photo. I think we, we covered that one yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's our who cares episode or you know, segment um mm-hmm. hey look i'm glad we did this the live episode in your backyard here in whitby ontario face-to-face our first time 50 well you and i have done like 40 probably like 35-ish episodes and yeah this is the first good. time it's face-to-face yeah. so good to do this much easier much more laid-back feeling to me yeah
1: very much more laid-back very more uh, very much more conversational and yeah i'm sure our listeners will hear noises in the background there's kids a couple of houses down there's, there's yeah, a dog barking nice. back there a little while back oh so. i see
0: a trampoline a couple doors down now yeah there's an, there's some that would say a trampoline's a little bit uh i don't know brings down the neighborhood a bit does it bother you
1: <laughs> uh no they're actually not on the trampoline that often so okay. i think it's hard. i guess it's better than a pool yeah splashing certainly. and yelling and screaming <laughs> yeah do you have any pools in the area uh, there's one about two houses down. Do you hear them a lot? No, not really. It's Are not they ever bad. in it? Yeah, sometimes. It's, yeah, there's there's kids in it. But. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, till next time, we'll uh, say goodbye here from Whitby, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Signing off.